0: All right, welcome, everybody. This is episode four of the Montrepreneur Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Herdesh Mata. This show features conversations with entrepreneurs, creatives, and other professionals sharing how they built up their career. Each guest on the podcast will share a mantra that they live by, which motivates or inspires them in their endeavors, hence the name, Montrepreneur. I would like to introduce my guest, AJ Watkins, who is founder and CEO of two separate companies, Lays for Days and All Natural Kinks. Lays for Days is focused on creating customized lays for graduations and other occasions and All Natural Kinks provides the blueprint for growing long natural hair. Welcome AJ thanks for taking some time to talk.
1: What up what up I'm excited I'm excited this is I I love this I love just talking about the experience and I think what you're doing is awesome so thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this yeah it's awesome.
0: (laughs) Thanks. So AJ and I worked together at Accenture for a couple years before she moved back out to Cali, which is where she's from. And since moving out there, she's been growing both businesses and working on them simultaneously. So you started one while you were in college, and the other one was while working at Accenture. So, how did you manage both simultaneously while working?
1: Yeah, yeah. So and with the Lays for Days business, so I started it back in college when I was 20. And then once I got hired at Accenture, I stopped it for a while. So I kind of got busy with Accenture. So I, I just totally stopped it. And my, my business was predominantly in California. So when I moved out to DC for Accenture, it was just kind of more forgotten about. I'm like, I have a career now. You know, I, I just kind of, Took a break from it and then moving back and kind of figuring out like what I wanted to do. I decided, you know, why don't I try? Let me see what I can do with it, and uh, that's kind of how I I revamped it. And also, so the way I was to answer your questions, the way I was able to handle it, it was it was tough. I ain't gonna lie. It was mostly on the. It was a lot of weekend work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I feel like all natural kinks and lace for days was more like that was the main hobby. Because you already know at Accenture that they work you, right? So it's just kind of like by the time you want to, you know, when you come home, sometimes you'll be working, you know, sometimes it's cool, but sometimes you're 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., depending on the project. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have that type of thing, you just want to go home and kind of chill. So on the weekends, I would simultaneously do some lays, do some research and and that type of thing. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, on my breaks. (laughs) For for picture beyond the internet, looking up some stuff, printing some stuff. That's kind of how it was uh, in the beginning.
0: That's the side hustle life. So you got to make time where you can fit it in.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Get it how you fit for real.
0: So in terms of fitting it in and then putting it on hold and then bringing it back, what activities did you cut out to make your business work? Because I know a lot of people want to start a business and they think, oh, it's all fun and games. It's all easy because they see the success, but they don't see like the, the hard grind that people put in along the way. So what did you have to give up to make your business successful?
1: Ooh, that's good. I've, I've never been asked that before. So now that I'm reflecting on that, the main thing I think I gave up was social, uh, spending time with friends and, the, and that type of thing. I still, at, at the time when I started kind of revamping my business, I had met my partner who, I'm, who is now my fiance, you know, we would hang out. But besides that, a lot of outings type of thing, a lot of dinners I had to say no to, a lot of brunches, a lot of like, let's hang out, let's go to club. A lot of that stuff was just non-existent because I had to work. I was determined to build it up. I was really I saw what it could be and I was really determined to make that happen.
0: And that's pretty typical for an entrepreneur, like it's not all fun and games, you have to give up certain things mm-hmm. and that's the untalked about parts of success.
1: Yes. Very true. Very So true. in terms
0: of that, you said you had an insight of what it could be. So where did you see your business? Like, what did you see it becoming? And how far along are you to that goal that you have?
1: I saw me. I, I the main thing was what I was looking for something else. If I'm real with it, I was looking for something else after Accenture. At, at a certain point, I realized I didn't want to be stuck in that lifestyle type of thing. And when I say lifestyle, I at the time, I really wasn't fulfilled of what I was doing. Like I, I always tell people, you know, having a nine to five isn't bad if you're enjoying what you're doing, right? If, exactly. you, if you enjoy that grind, right, it, it provides structure, which can help out a lot. But if you're not really fulfilled in what you're doing, if you feel like you want to do something else, that's when it's a good time to like reassess. And in me, my reassessment, I was like, you know what, I do see myself being my own business owner right? And I felt like I saw the potential. It was first Lays because that was my original baby. And I felt like it, I, I saw the dream of how it could be. I felt like it could be, it would start off with graduations. Um, I also do wedding Lays as well. I saw the potential in that. People buy my Lays for birthday parties. People buy my Lays for 90th birthday parties or they'll buy it for reunions or uh, they'll buy oh, wow. it for <laughs> retirement. So so yeah, so I, I knew it was, bigger than what I knew it could be bigger than what I originally had it as type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to figure out how to get it out there because in Cali, it was a little bit easier because here in Cali, graduation lays are big. You see, you go to graduations here, everybody got a lay. Everybody got a money lay, a candy lay, a flower lay, something. And in DC, it wasn't really the case. It wasn't really a thing. So, it was figuring out, okay, well, how can I be here, but still give delay to the market that needed that needed that So I had to kind of figure that out, but again, I think the biggest thing was seeing seeing that i uh, I wanted something more than Accenture
0: that makes sense, and you did your target marketing because I know you had told me about it when we were at Accenture, and I was yeah. like, "Is this a big <laughs> business idea because I didn't know like lays <laughs> were that big and I mean, it makes sense, the, the warmer climate, you probably have outdoor graduations there. So it kind of goes with that theme, the flowers and yep. all that. So you moved back, business expanded. And I guess let's go back to how did you get it started initially? I know you started it while you were in college. What yeah. was the origin story? How did you think of the idea? And what was the process of getting it off the ground
1: yeah, yeah. So I'll go into your first the original one was how I first got it started and then I'll kind of talk about how I funded it when um when I was in DC or you know when I decided to revamp it. So originally random. So me and my home girl, we um it was one summer we were figuring out how to make extra money. <laughs> we're like it was just a matter of okay, uh, and we wanted to go on a trip to New York. Cali people, I feel like I always want to, I always want to travel to New York, you know, figure out, figure out, you know, what it, what's up with the East Coast, always curious about it. So me, and my homegirl, we're trying to figure out like what we can do. And also, during the time, I was a dancer, I was a Tahitian dancer, lula dancer at my at my college. And so for a fundraiser, what we did is we learned how to make lays. And we did like some small little candy lays. And during that fundraiser, we, we sold them for like, I think it was like a Christmas, a Christmas fundraiser. So fast forward to a little bit from the Christmas to that summer, I'm like, you know what? People love lays at graduations. I had a graduation, eighth grade graduation, high school graduation, I had lays. So I'm like, well, what if we were to bring that idea to the actual graduation? Because a lot of times aunts, uncles, they forget gifts. They always forget like last minute gifts right? And so it's always like, oh, man, you know, like, what can I get? Or, or people always get flowers. Sometimes last minute, you have the people on the street selling flowers, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, well, what if we brought lace? It was literally just an idea. I was just like, what if we were to do that? So what we did is we brought, um, I made like, because again, I learned it, how to do it from like the Christmas Little fundraiser. I was like, "What if we were to like bring bring the product to the people, right?" So I ended up making about fourteen lays, and we went to my old high school, and the graduations were open. You didn't need ticket at this graduation. It was just in the middle of the park, and I was like, "What if we were to go there and see?" So you know, I brought my few lays. She made a few. She was like, oh, "I don't I don't know about this, but whatever." Oh. She was down. So we go there, and I kid you not, I kid you not, within 10 minutes, I was sold out. Oh, wow. I was already sold. Yes, within the 10 minutes, I was sold out. And I was like, and it was, you know, it was little some little $5 Lays just with some M&Ms or something in it. But people were like, oh, let me get that. Let me get that. It was aunts. It was grandparents. It was brothers. It was just people like, oh, perfect. Yep. And so I'm like, wait a minute. Um, I think we have a, I think we have. I think we have something. Here. So that was like the original thing of how it got started.
0: So you had the goal, you guys wanted to travel, and then you put together a plan and low cost. You started with a couple lays, 14 here, there, and you said they were fairly cheap. So I guess they're cheap on your end to produce as well. And you sold out in a couple of minutes and the business was built.
1: Basically, yeah, I love the way you put it. so you put it in the uh business terms <laughs> <That was good. laughs> exactly, yes, yes, um, and yeah it was low cost. It just was a matter of like some cellophane, which is like see-through wrap, it was candy, and it was ribbon. that's about it with uh, what what I originally had. It, it, it's definitely expanded since then, but that was what I had originally. So that summer, we, we that was the first one we went to, and we just started going into every open graduations. Anytime they would let us, we went.
0: Interesting. So you had to have some inventory on stock to take to the graduation. So there was some legwork like, up did. front.
1: We did. So me and her, we would get together at each other's house. We would make delays. My first year doing it, like it was just, you know, a fun thing. We would get together, make a few and go and just sell what we had type of thing. And then have our little fanny packs out there. And this is when people, it was good because people brought cash mostly. Now I feel like nobody really brings cash. It's rare, but, you know, people carried a little bit of cash and I sold them for five bucks. And so everyone had a five on them. So it was more, it was more rare for people not to have a five on them than it is now. I think when I was 20 I'm 30 this year. So that was 20, um 2009.
0: Gotcha. And now I guess people, if they don't have cash, you can always say like, hey, Venmo, me, cash App me, square. So you can use the emerging technologies to still fund your business.
1: Yes. Yes. And so kind of fast forwarding a little bit in DC, because that's why that business now is it's full e-commerce business. It's just online. So kind of fast forward to DC a little bit. I had the same concept. So I'm like, okay, it's an open market in DC. Like there's nobody has Lays. So my thing was, oh, you know, I could kind of maybe sell here and kind of see what it is. But a lot of people hadn't really heard of Lays. And it wasn't really as much of a thing. So it was harder to convince people to do it because nobody was really doing it. So I went to a few vendor events. I did okay. A lot of kids would buy it because it was new, it was cute. They're like, yeah, sure, you know, candy, necklace, that, there you go. But then I started doing research. I'm like, you know what, I think online would be better. And I figured out what avenues I could do it. I went to some, I also went to some business meetings, some meetups, and, you know, just getting suggestions on what they thought of the product, where I could do it, that type of thing. And Etsy was kind of the first way I went.
0: Interesting. And a lot of the founders do that to start since it is basically a platform for creatives and people that are making stuff by themselves at home to have a platform to sell on. So very innovative. And they only take, I believe, what, 15% plus a 20, 30 cent listing fee, if I'm yeah. correct.
1: Yeah, it's not too bad as a startup.
0: Gotcha. So for college students, what would you recommend in terms of if I wanted to start a business and I'm 20 years old, I'm a freshman, sophomore, what have you, what should I do?
1: I think the beautiful thing that college students have now, that it wasn't as big as it is now, is social media. Like I think the idea of if you have an idea, put it out there just start it, right? And I think it's also, and it's also good with college students, figure out, and I was actually having the conversation with my fiance, figure out what you're good at, right? I think there's a lot of people that just kind of try to put out anything or just try to figure out maybe what they may be into or may have interest in. And I think that's okay if you have done your research and you really kind of know what you're talking about, because I feel like nowadays there's a lot, there's you know there's there's a lot out there now. So if you're a college student, let's say you learned how to cut hair, you know, at a young age, get out there, maybe start that type of business. Start off start off doing that to build up some type of cash flow, right? Something that you know, because with lays, I knew how to make those, right? I knew how to make it. I didn't have to really think about it. I learned how to make them, you know. I went out there and I sold them. So I think kind of start off with something that you know, and, and put it out there and, and ask, ask people, right? I, ask friends, ask, you know, those type of thing and, and put your platform out there. Make an, ID, you know, make an Instagram, you know? If you have an actual product, look into Etsy, look into Shopify, look into things that you can, cheap things that you can start out, especially as a college student that you can start out and put in the time, right? For me, Lay's was predominantly in the summer. I didn't really, I didn't do that during the school year. So I, I did summer mostly. So again, figuring out time and figuring out again, what skills you already can do and putting that out there first. That's
0: good advice. And I guess at the end of the day, you just have to have a little bit of that hustle mentality because I know I worked with some college students. So I was doing a nutritional project back in the day and I would give them some products, some vitamin supplements to kind of market. And I was like, here, figure it out. You can sell it by the pack. You can sell it by the tablet. And they were like, oh, this is cool. A lot of people use Adderall. So I'll give them a healthy alternative and I can pitch it that way. And then other entrepreneurs that are doing other businesses now, but in college they started and they were cooking in their dorm and people liked their food and they started a delivery service just on campus of delivering their food to other dorms because they made a particular type of soul food that a lot of students didn't get outside of like their household Mm. so they missed that home cooking so they started a delivery service i was like that's basically like an early iteration of grubhub but it's your own food so you know there's a lot of ways to hustle and make money it's just about doing the work and finding your skills
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Doing the work and finding your skills, you know, and I think another thing and what you kind of mentioned too, uh, with the home cooking, finding a need. I think that's the biggest thing too, because let's say you make soul food, nobody really eats soul food, right? That business very well could have not gone anywhere. But, you know, they could have used cooking and and, switched up their cuisine. But I think, I think it's important to find a need that can be met. For example, with the Lays, right, people forget to get gifts. But with the Lays, I was able to provide them that last minute gift that they may have forgotten or have a nice gift besides flowers that they can give the graduate right when they come out instead of being like, oh, you know, I'm going to get you a gift later. They can have something right off the bat.
0: Exactly. So you knew your target market.
1: Yeah, target market. And again, fulfilling uh, that need. Actually, you know what? In the beginning, sometimes you don't know your target market. Right, I, I felt like I more knew that what what was needed before I knew exactly what type of person would buy it.
0: So you you knew there was a need there, and then you just had to go out and find your consumer where they were, essentially.
1: Yes, exactly. Meeting them where they were, exactly finding that need and kind of seeing because as you go on, you kind of figure out okay, this type of person. It's gonna it's gonna be more of this type of person. You kind of know that you know. Now I have a better fit of like who my customer is and who I'm targeting. And sometimes you kind of figure that out as you go.
0: So how do you go about creating a lay? I know you said you learned it while you were doing the project at school to raise some fundraising for one of the groups you were a part of. But how long does it take to make one? And do you have any help? in terms of like a team now that you've gotten bigger, or is it just you making
1: them? So, yeah. So when I first started, my lace have gotten a little bit a little bit better, I would say, a little bit more elaborate, a little bit more luxurious. And so now I do both candy and money lace. And to make them a little bit more elaborate, I did my research. I figured out Okay, what lays figuring out like what lays I wore when I was younger that I really liked, and figuring out doing the research to see, to see what people wore in different pictures. Figuring you know looking at different college graduations, looking at different high school. Even I do kids' size too, so figuring out what is going to be the right fit for for let's say a kindergartner or a preschooler, right? Because I I get those customers as well. So doing the research and figuring out what what that kind of looks like and how we want to expand and also figuring out, okay, what's out there and how can I be a little bit different? How can I be unique? How can I, and my thing was, has always been customization. I think of um, Chipotle. I think of make your own pizza type of thing. So my thing has always been like, how can I bring that customization to the Lay's? So, you know, I allow them to choose the color that they want, choose the medallion that they want, choose the ribbon that they want, choose the candy that they want. I do money lays as well, choose the amount of money that they want. So so that type of thing. But I think the main way, and, and so a couple of things too, the way I make the, the candy, it's it's with, again, the, the the cellophane wrap, but now I individually wrap each candy. As of before, I just kind of clumped it together. And with the money lays, it's a lot of origami. It's a lot of folding. It's it's intricate, but I'm so used to it now that it's quick. And so to also answer your question, how long it takes each lay. So from the very, very beginning, if I don't have any prep work, it may take about two hours to make each one. And so that's why I find prepping is so important. So I prep a lot of my stuff so I can just put it together when I get an order. So I have a certain ribbon and I have a certain color that they can choose from. So I'll have the bow and the ribbon already prepped. So I just put it together and that may take 20 or 30 minutes as opposed to two hours figuring out, okay, let me go buy the product. Let me go get this, let me get that. And so, you know, that makes it easier. And as far as help, So it's been a little bit of a wild ride a few years ago. And this is kind of why I went full, full time with it is because the demand was too high. So a few years ago, before I moved, was it 2017? I was getting a lot of, a lot of orders. So I added a, um, I added money lays to my, to my shop. I originally, I was just candy, but I had the money lays and I got a lot of, I got a lot of traction I, that it, it basically quadrupled my shop on Etsy. And so I got help. I, I, I enlisted a few, uh, one, of one, uh, I, again, I did Tahitian dancing also when I went to DC for a little while and I, I recruited one of the little dancers and she recruited her brother. So I had them help me out. Still, was not able to meet the demand but we but we sure did our best <laughs> so so that was I, I had helped then and I did hire an intern last year and my sister helped a little bit now that I'm back in Cali but now my main thing is prepping myself fully like fully being able to what can I already prep for that I don't that, but I can still customize.
0: So that helps cut out some of the production time and yeah. yeah. Yes, so in terms of money lays, that probably helped expand you into a lot of different markets because I know in Indian weddings and my brother-in-law's Thai. So in the Thai culture, they also do some stuff with money lays at the wedding ceremony. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that probably helped you get out of more graduations into other niches. So I sh- <laughs> I exactly. completely understand why that helped you out
1: exactly exactly and that's when I started getting the retirement offers I started getting the weddings I started getting the birthday parties I started getting and older birthday parties right and and um actually like a lot of a lot of my customers like to buy the money laid a lot of moms like to buy it for their sons I find
0: it's like the stuff you figure out as you run your business
1: exactly exactly
0: So I want to switch over to All Natural Kinks. So I know you started that business out of a personal need. You had yourself to kind of grow your hair naturally. And you spent nine years kind of getting the formula down for what worked, what didn't work. So talk a little bit about that process as an individual personally and how you thought like, hey, I found something I can turn into a business.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one was not expected. Like I never, like the lays was a little bit me and I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I thought kind of happening and where I wanted it to go but all natural kinks was totally by accident I never thought I'd start a business with that and kind of funny story I'll give the background so back in college I was really into. I got really into natural hair just because with black hair it's, it's harder to grow it's hard a little bit harder to take care of it's a little bit harder to manage so a lot of black women have a lot of struggles growing out their hair including myself. And so when I got to college, I, I YouTubed a lot. Like I didn't YouTube, I didn't actually make the videos, but I was obsessed with looking at videos, looking at videos and seeing how to grow and seeing what women were doing. And I, I would watch hours. All my free time in college was spent watching like hair videos. My ex, you know, the little free time that we have, but it was spent watching like hair videos. And so I knew maybe eventually I might start blogging about it like I was like okay maybe you know now I have my knowledge I think at some point it was kind of like a dream in my head you know sometimes you have those dreams that never will happen but that's what I thought with the the hair videos but also in college I was researching different products that I could use different oils uh, that stimulate hair growth different conditioners that are good for the hair different butters that seal in moisture for our kinky textured hair was doing a lot of research for that. And so um, I was using it on my hair. And then my, my partner, my fiance now, as I mentioned, he started using it for his hair. He was, he was um, balding in a certain spots and he started using for his hair. And he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we doing here? Like this stuff works. And I was like, yeah, you know, it works. And he was like, no, it, it works. Like we, we got to do something about it. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what are we going to do? And he put on his, his uh, Snapchat and he was just kind of like, look, you know, my girl secret stuff, it works. And then people started hitting him back and saying like, where can I get that? How can I, how can I get that product? And then he was just, he told me, okay, we got to make a, we got to make an Instagram. That was the first thing. We got to make an Instagram. And then it was, we got to make a website because we got to figure out how, you know, people can order it. So I was like, I made a website. I made an Instagram. And that's literally how it started. And I was just like, well, I don't know if I, and my thing was, it's funny because, you know, he, he's the, he's, I call him like the brain, like the manager, because I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't really know about this. I don't know if I can manage two businesses and work a full time. I don't know about this. Maybe this will be something I can do at some point. It's like, no, we got to do it now. And so, yeah, that that's how it started. We started getting orders out and it literally fell into my lap because people started ordering. And then from then on, I was like, okay, well, maybe I can do this. And then I started doing the videos as well. And people started watching the videos and really realizing how I cared for my hair. And so that's kind of how it happened.
0: Gotcha. That's awesome. So it's great having that support at home with your yes. significant other being by your side and I think earlier in the podcast you mentioned college students should leverage social media and just in between your first business and your second business the span of time that passed I believe you started it like five or six years apart during that period social media took off and just by using snapchat and instagram you were able to get everything started
1: exactly exactly just by that and just growing and putting content and putting tips out there people were interested.
0: And you hit a niche market. I know Lisa Price started Carol's Daughter. It was a skincare beauty line that I believe L'Oreal bought out now, but she was Mm -hmm. one of the first African-American billionaires. And she started doing sales at her church and her mom helped her out. So, you know, it's good having that family support. And then she started Mm -hmm. using it, using it, selling out of her house, then grew it from there. So did you get any inspiration out of her story or did you read up on different entrepreneurs that were hitting the same African-American market to drive you or was it something you had a need yourself and it just grew out of that?
1: It, it, to be honest, that's what it was. It was an it was having the need for myself. And I was more into, because uh, again, I didn't really look, it wasn't something that I aspired to be. Like throughout now, you know, now that I'm fully in it, now I, I kind of see the growth. But in the beginning, it was literally just because people wanted it, I just decided to do it. And but what my inspiration was for natural hair was my original obsession with the bloggers. and And with the bloggers, people were just making videos on how to care for hair and the products that were needed. I know long, long hair don't care. She was one of the originals, R- uh, RIP to her because she uh, passed away about maybe five years ago. But she was kind of the inspiration because I never seen someone with my texture hair be able to grow their hair like that. So she was like my inspiration of like, wow, it can grow. And then being able to use the products myself and being able to use strategies and that type of thing. And really, seeing a lot of black women say like, I, I, I don't know how to grow my hair. I don't know how to grow my hair and get having the growth success myself is what really pushed me to be like, you know what, this needs to stop type of thing. And my thing was, I wouldn't really know if I could, because I felt like there was a lot of people out there already right? And so like with Lay's, I felt that was a little bit more of a niche market. I knew where I was targeting, but I'm like, there's so many products out there. How will mine stand out? But the funny thing is, and I won't forget this, my mom told me, she was like, well, there's also uh, about 10,000 burger joints, but a burger joint will still pop up, right? And that has kind of stuck with me because if you have, if you have something that, that people want, you can't stop. Keep on trying and seeing where, see where it goes. And so I feel like that's what I had. There was, there was, there was, even though there are a lot of natural hair care products, there's still a need for what I can give and the products that I can provide.
0: Exactly. So you just have to differentiate yourself. And that's, you know, the same as every business. Like I know when I was listening to the five guys story, the founder said, We wanted to differentiate ourselves from the McDonald's and Burger King's. And we told people, hey, if you want a 50 cent burger, because I think this was back in the 70s or 80s, he's like, McDonald's makes a really good 50 cent burger, but that's not us. We charge four or five times that, but we give you XYZ quality meat and Mm -hmm. it's made in front of you and it's fresh. And they differentiated themselves enough to where they're killing the game now. They're started in Virginia and now they're a worldwide business.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're out here now too. Yes. Oh, nice. so competing
0: with In and Out, I guess. <laughs> In
1: and Out, of course. The best. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I know we were talking about social media a little earlier, so I want to hop back to that. You have yeah. over ten thousand followers on Instagram for the All Natural Kinks account. Would you how would you go about building that? Did that kind of build up organically just posting and using hashtags or did you leverage any Instagram influencers or what did you do to kind of have that take off and get that growth?
1: Really organically, I feel like that's kind of how, that's how it, that's how it grew organically and definitely hashtags. Like I think hashtags was, was big and, and being really strategic with your hashtags and putting your hashtags that were related to the post and mm-hmm. putting quality content out there. I think that was like, I think that those were the biggest things that really kind of grew. And a lot of, and I, and I actually, I can't remember where I heard this, but I think the people that were, sometimes people that you don't expect will be your biggest advocates as far as your community, sometimes your college community, your high school community. I had a lot of people spreading the word for me, like, oh, follow her. Oh, check out this. I saw people sharing my posts. And I think with that, having that type of support and having that quality product has really grown that. And having a goal, like I think sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming to kind of start off with one, you know, one follower to go from one and then you see all these other people and you have thousands and one hundred thousand. It could just be a little bit intimidating, but having a goal, a little bit every, you know, within this month, I want to get ten. A realistic goal, I would say. Within yeah. then two months, I want to try to get twenty. And every, any, every follower, and I, and I kind of still think about this now at ten thousand. I'm thankful for everybody, you know, everybody following me, and for everybody that likes my stuff because it just me I don't know, because just because I think All Natural Kinks is so personal to me, it just means a lot. And I try to kind of keep that personability like they are the only follower still.
0: So it's not just you posting random stuff. You're actually doing it to share your story and filling that need. And it's actually comes from the heart instead of, I know a lot of people just post to post.
1: Yes, yes. And I actually have a little bit of a testimony for that. So I originally had thought people, because I would look at other hair Things, and I'd look at these really cool, like commercial looking posts. And for a while, I felt like that's what people wanted a little bit less, less personable and more business. So I'd look at L'Oreal or I'd look at Pantene or I'd look at now Carol's Daughter, those big companies. And I would think, okay, well, I have to change it up with those type of posts. And I had um, an intern for a while doing those type of posts. Putting together, you know, she was great at graphics and putting together that type of content. But I realized I started losing a following and I didn't get as much, not necessarily attention, but I didn't get as much interaction, one on one interaction. And so, and it just made me really realize people really. Even though with these big companies, that type of thing, people really do appreciate a personal touch. So it's just kind of like, for me, that's why people came to me in the first place, because I was able to answer every message, answer every DM, and they knew it was me on the other side, right? And so I say that to people that are, again, are growing their following, figuring figuring out again, why are people, why are those 20 people following you? Even if you have 100, why are those, why do those 100 people follow you? Because there is a reason at the end of the day. And figuring that out and don't stray too far from that.
0: And I think the big brands are struggling with that in terms of they're trying to kind of copy what the Instagram influencers are doing in terms of having that more personal touch. Because I've seen the makeup videos that my girlfriend's shown me, and the girl just, you know, they do magic with what they're doing, but they have a lot more comments and likes and people wanting to know how to do that versus a Nike ad for a shoe.
1: Yep, exactly, exactly. And, you know, that's why brand influencers, brand ambassadors are becoming the new thing and then they're posting those people and instead of, you know, they'll have their regular page, but then they'll have somebody that does have that personal touch to, uh, to, to that is really getting them a lot of, a lot of traction.
0: Agreed. So I know you recently grew. So you've been growing your business online. I know you recently introduced your products into a store, which is a a major victory there. So how did you go about setting up that partnership, and how does that work?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I so I for All Natural Kings, I started vendoring back in August of 2018. So I started doing vendor events and to you know to kind of get my name out and product out there in LA. And one of the vendor events that I went to, they let me know that her friend, you know, has a, a beauty supply and she sells products. She does hair, that type of thing. And you uh, through Instagram, once again, Instagram, <laughs> I contacted them and said, you know, I was interested, let them know, you know, what products I had. And I, I uh, went to their, in the, you know, they kind of looked at my product, looked at my store and they gave me a time to come in, and I came prepared. And I pitched my product to them. I brought every product. I let them know, you know, what the product did, how it could help their customers. They uh, figuring out like what they needed. Like they, um, I do a beard oil, so they didn't have anybody that did a beard oil, so they were really interested in that. But really being honest about the product and letting them know, again, how it could help their customers. And being prepared for that pitch, and uh, about a week later, I followed up, and they wanted the products in their store, so we did you know we we did that we signed the paperwork and and i got it I got it in there so it's it was just a matter of going there and throwing a pitch and seeing what had happened, kind of taking a chance
0: awesome, and the most important part that you mentioned that a lot of people overlook is the follow up because a lot of people yes. will go pitch a company, pitch a brand. And they'll say, hey, I never heard back. I mean, <laughs> it's your business. You mm-hmm. need to follow up on what you're pitching yes. because there might be 20 other people pitching them and that initiative is what gets you into the door.
1: Exactly, exactly. So exactly. I know we didn't
0: really talk much about your product. So do you want to kind of go through what you offer with All Natural Kinks? Because I, I just thought it was for female hair, but then you mentioned your fiance used it for His hair as well, and now you said beard oil. So, uh, if you could kind of expand on your product line and what all it includes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So my product it focuses on growth and keeping your hair uh, moisturized. And so I have uh, growth oil, which is good for you know the hair and the scalp, and it it can be used. uh, Predominantly, it is for curlier, kinkier texture hair. I have some products for that, but you know I have products for everybody as well and if you're trying to grow out your hair those are what the products are geared towards so i have a growth oil that's my best selling and you can use it on your scalp you can use it on your eyebrows i have people using it on their eyebrows it just grows it just helps again stimulate the hair follicles to grow the hair So that's one of my products and I I have a beard oil as well. So my fiance uses that on his actual beard and I have a lot of, a lot of my male uh, customers. I think the beard, you know, the beard is in, (laughs) the beard beard is in. Everybody wants a thick, healthy beard. You know, a lot of people do. So with that, it's just a matter of rubbing it on your beard. And again, the same, the same effect that it has on the hair, it has on the beard as well. I also have a few moisturized kinks growth kits. So I have one for really, really dry, kinky, kinky texture hair. Kinky meaning very, very, very curly hair. And, you know, I have a moisture spray. I have a leave-in conditioner. I have a shea butter. So that kit is what's going to keep the hair moisturized and keeping the, the moisture actually locked in. Just because, again, with kinkier, really tight, coiled hair. A lot of times you may put water in it, but with our hair, it does it won't it won't actually enter the hair shaft it it, the water evaporates so you need that shea butter to kind of seal it in there so again i'm kind of a nerd with this stuff so i don't know if i'm making sense but i love it hopefully you know your listeners love it (laughs) but uh but yeah that helps with again moisturize keeping the hair moisturized and keeping the hair growing as well and recently i have added body butters so kind of that same moisture that you get with the hair you get it with um the body as well so uh, i have some basic base butters shea butter i have some mango oil or mango butter i have cocoa butter and those type of things so i have i recently released the body butter line within the past month i think i released it yeah within the within the january is when i when i had those available so that has been added and i'm trying to think what other products I have. I also have a braid spray. So for my ladies or my men that wear braids, it's a nice light mister spray that keeps your hair conditioned, moisturized and growing. So I have that as well. So those are, I would say those are my main products.
0: And do you make all these by hand at home or do you have a production facility that's
1: helping you with that? So right now all from home. And so I'm oh, able wow. to kind of manage that. Yeah, all from home. So I make my stuff in batches. So, you know, if I have a vendor event or if I have a big order or like now I kind of have to keep everything stocked because I get orders very, very frequently. So when I get an order, I have everything already. Put in the package, I do my own I do my own packaging, I do my own I, I create my own labels and things like that, so I put the actual labels on the packaging and that type of thing so yeah right now I do that all all by hand
0: awesome and is that a long tedious process or do you have it down where you can make a large batch and that can kind of fulfill
1: more orders yeah right now I feel like i'm um i i can I'm able to if I if I do have, you know, as I, as as it grows, I'm feeling like I'm having to make bigger batches. So I, I feel like now it's it's okay. I just make a huge batch. I'll set out the day and be like, you know, this is going to be my cooking day <laughs> or, my, or my mixing day. And, you know, I just make a huge batch and I feel like that is, and I'm able to store it correctly. So I have like a lot of storage containers where I'm able to store it for a long period of time and just be prepared if I get like an order in. So right now it's good when we'll see how long that lasts. I, I feel like with business, You never know when, let's say you're going to make it big or, you know, everything's going to expand, but I'm kind of happy with the way it's been going. And when I feel there is a need to expand to like, you know, having someone else do the production, having somebody else do that, I think that's when I will make the change. But I, I I think sometimes businesses make mistakes when they do too much too quickly, right? And so if I can do it on my own and I don't have to hire anybody... Then I will, and when that when that is up, and when I can't no can no longer do that, and I have the funds to actually hire and do the other stuff, I think that's when it's time to do that. But right now, I'm like, okay, if I can do it, then I'm gonna do it.
0: This way, you keep costs low, and you don't really yep. have to worry about too much product going to waste and what have you. And I know exactly. a lot of people built their business like that, like uh, the founder of Spanx. She had a couple samples, and she took it to, I uh, forgot, one of the big chains, Nordstroms or Neiman markets or something, and they asked for a, multiple thousands of orders, and she was like, well, looks like I have to go find a manufacturer, and exactly. you figure that out as it happens.
1: Exactly. I love that, as it happens, right? Yep, yep, agree. Not before, because you can make a 1,000 and only sell 20, right? And so then you did all of this, you know, you did all of this production and no one to sell it to.
0: Yep. And that wastes a lot of money. So you're keeping it
1: exactly. nice
0: and lean, saving some saving some dough. Exactly. So what would you say has been your biggest victory in either of your businesses? And what has been your greatest struggle so far?
1: Victory, I would say overall, and this is just for both businesses, I, I think just making the leap into deciding to do doing the businesses full time. And I think that was just the biggest step because, or just the greatest victory for me because um, it was tough. It was tough. And I was, it was a lot of self-doubt. It was a lot of talking to people, feeling like, no, I don't, I don't think you should do this. I don't think it's time. And a lot of people's, taking in a lot of people's insecurity, right? Because I think sometimes people kind of put their insecurities on you. Like, oh, you know, I'm not sure if I could do that. So oh, therefore, yeah. I'm not sure if you can do that. <laughs> you know. And you got to be conscious of that because that can really get in your brain and that can really mess with you. And I, I think that was messing with me in the beginning. But having the cur, I think the biggest thing I tell people, the biggest thing is the leap. That, that really is what it is. If you are a hard worker and you're a hustler and you like the grind, please. Everything else, I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. Everything else, it's just, it's just what you do. It's a part of who you are, right? And I think having that confidence now, like after making the leap and seeing myself after a year being able to sustain myself, like that is huge for me. Like I think that's everything, right? And so I think that has just really been the greatest victory, just being able, just making the leap and realizing I can do better for myself Right, I can see bigger things and turning a dream into an actual reality. Wow, I'm still like it still kind of floors me. That's that's
0: exciting to hear, and I'm super proud of my fellow former Accenture co
1: worker. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> that <it> bubble. <laughs>
0: so I guess I want to finish off by asking you the question I ask everyone that I have on my podcast, and that what would you say is your business mantra or a quote that drives you in life or in business.
1: Um I think the biggest one well I have a few I think the biggest one is uh we're stronger than we give ourselves credit for. I think I think that's what it is because and that goes to kind of what I what I what I talked about is like leaving, you know, after leaving the 9 to 5 and realize okay you know what it's just me it's just me and I think it's been so freeing because again I you know mentioned this again it has really given me a huge amount of confidence and like I, I don't feel like there's you know this is gonna be sound so cliche but I don't see anything I can't do right because to be to be able to make that leap and to be able to make something out of nothing right like it's I don't know it, it, it's 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 rare. I will just say that. So I feel like I'm not really sure, you know, if I want to do something else or if I want to add it, if I want to add something, if I want to do something else, or I want to move directions instead of being like, Ooh, can I do that? I'm like, yep, I can. I know I can. And it's not a question. I don't, I don't question. I don't have that fear anymore. I feel like that fear that I've had, at least when it comes to doing what I feel like I can do, it's no longer there. So you've that proven is there, to yourself but the fear is that not there. Can-
0: Yeah, so you've kind of proven to yourself that, hey, I can succeed without needing that nine-to-five or without needing that safety net, so I feel like I can go and do whatever now.
1: Exactly. I feel, yeah, yeah, I think that's what I think. And again, you know, I would not have, and I say, you know, that quote of we're stronger than we give ourselves credit for, just because I never would have known, like you know, knowing what I've been to create, like, and we, you know, even me when me and you knew each other, right? I think me and you, we both had dreams of something different. I feel like we both kind of had we we strived for greater. I feel like, and so to, you know, even though we did strive for greater, sometimes you don't know how great you can be, <laughs> you know. And so it's just kind of like, even though you have a dream, you're like, oh man, I, I you know, you have that fear of like. I don't know, you know, but it's just kind of like when you when you take off the reins and just grind and hustle. Wow, <laughs> you know, you will surprise. I've surprised myself.
0: So you took the leap and you realized you could fly.
1: <laughs> yes, there it is. Love it. Love it.
0: Awesome. So to close out, if you want to share a little bit of where people can find out more information about your businesses, you can throw out your website, social media, how do people find you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, website for uh, the lay business is Lays, L-E-I-S, the number four. And then the word days, d-a-y-s dot com. So you can, you can see that website there. It's also on Etsy. You can just uh, search Lays for days as well. Days has two S's on my Etsy account and you can find it on IG, Lays underscore four underscore days you can find it on ig or you can search for it on facebook so just lays for days in the regular the regular lays for days and search for that <laughs> and then uh, all natural kinks is pretty pretty simple the website is allnaturalkinks.com the ig is all natural kinks the facebook is all natural kinks i also have a youtube channel for that and all natural kinks i have some interviews on there i have also all my how i care for the hair how to use the products so i have that channel as well
0: awesome so i want to thank you aj for coming on and chatting with our audience and thanks for sharing about both your businesses i know a lot of people probably learned a little bit more insight on how to grow a business and more on what you do That's all for this episode. I want to thank everyone for joining us on the podcast. We'll catch you next time. Take care.